welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with business and well-being thought leaders, experts and founders. Together, we will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of the Live360 brand. I am a transformational somatic coach, a speaker, a writer. I have a beautiful membership community and clearly I'm a podcaster too. I am passionate. In fact, I believe that it is my divine assignment to help women connect with their inner leader. The leader that resides in their emotions, varied by logic and the desire to be good, to achieve well. Logic and being good, according to somebody else's standards, is okay for surviving. But round here, we are in the business of thriving. I use my background in social work, my various coaching trainings, and my superpower of loving kindness to help women connect to who they really are so that they can gently expand into themselves fully, embrace their leadership qualities, and relinquish the chaos that exists within the duality of who they are and who they think they should be. My intention for this podcast is to plant seeds and create aha moments that bring you closer to your center so that you can start to embrace your 360 degrees wholeheartedly. Well, hello, you beautiful people. How are you? Surprise! My goodness, I haven't shared a podcast since June this year, 2020, because 2020, I have got some delicious podcasts ready and waiting for your care and attention. But for all the 2020 reasons, I just haven't put them together edited them and shared them. So here I am doing so. This first podcast episode that I'm sharing is with my darling friend, Kate Taylor, and we have a beautiful conversation about creating a big, bold, beautiful life. So a bit about Kate. Not only is she a darling that gives the best hugs, she is also a damn brilliant coach. She's a lover of disco balls and bright red lipstick. Oh my gosh, and Kate always has mega haircuts. She managed to sustain dope hair in lockdown when nothing was open. Uh, She isn't your average coach. She's a leading life design and empowerment coach. She does creative business coaching. She's a mentor. She's a master NLP practitioner and a clinical hypnotherapist, a choir teacher, speaker, and creator of the Practical Magic Activation Deck. The first, or the UK's first, life coach in a box. Oh my goodness, and so much more. Um, Last year, she delivered, she birthed her awakening retreats which, you know, have had a pin stuck in them due to this global pandemic. But it was a real weekend of activation, according to people that attended. And she also has a podcast, the Practical Magic podcast, where she shares practical magic. She interviews people and shares her own wisdom in a way that makes magic accessible and real. I really, really enjoyed my conversation with Kate. To be honest with you, I don't have any reason for such a huge delay in sharing this podcast other than 2020. I mean, need I say more? In this conversation, Kate really distilled and crystallised what it means to have a big, bold life. She really made me think differently about life satisfaction. For example, she shared the concept of us allowing ourselves 
to receive health and support as an act of love, not just for ourselves, but for the people we are seeking the help and support from. Kate talked about the ways in which we deny people the opportunity to love us and care for us by this hyper-independence, which, you know, is a protective mechanism. But when you're protecting yourself from receiving love and care from people who would actually love to love and care for you, we need to take a second look. We need to go inward and start to unpick, unpack the reasons why we find it difficult to receive love. It made me think about the many ways we have a tendency to outsource our responsibility and almost blame other people for not meeting our needs, but not taking the time to check in with the fact that actually we are not letting people know what our needs are Therefore, they don't know our needs, so we're making it an impossible task for them to reach. Furthermore, the question is, do you actually really understand what your needs are in the first place to be able to articulate them? Not just articulate them, but also model them for other people. So before we get into this really beautiful podcast, my question is, are you caring for yourself and modelling the way you want to be cared for, the way you want to be treated within your interpersonal relationships? It's all well and good saying that somebody doesn't meet your needs, they don't make time for you, they're not showing you that you're valued and that you're worthy. Are you doing that for yourself? Are you setting the tone for your life? Are you radiating what you want your life experience to be? When we radiate our life experience, we are able to hold a space where people can feel our radiation, our mirror neurons start sparking, and those people are able to mirror back to us what we are radiating. I know you understand what I'm saying. So yeah, this conversation, we talked about um, life satisfaction and measuring life satisfaction in a way where we were able to quantify and understand what makes our lives feel satisfied so that we can do more of that. We talked about the difficulties we can encounter when we start trying to claim a big, bold, beautiful life for ourselves. Because let's face it, we may celebrate bigness and boldness, but actually in the day-to-day autopiloting of life, we're actually operating at a level of mediocrity. And I don't say that as a criticism, there's no shame in this game, there's no judgment. But we often aspire to greatness, but don't give ourselves the opportunity to grow into that greatness because we're not bringing conscious awareness to our day-to-day, moment-by-moment actions. And that is where life lives, and that is where we create our greatness. I hope you find this conversation as big, bold, beautiful, and expansive as I did. Yeah, enjoy. So, Kate... Kate Taylor, welcome to 360 Conversations. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, it is so wonderful to be here. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, I'm doing really well. We're just saying how much we're appreciating the sunshine and the space and the energy to be able to create in this time. It's just, yeah, it's been such a gift. Absolutely. And uh, before I ask Kate to share with us a bit about herself and what she does, like this woman is like sunshine. If you go over to her Instagram page, which shall be linked in the show notes, um, you're just like her page is for me a true reflection of the person I experience. You're just oh, that is the sweetest thing to say. Thank yeah, you. You're like a kaleid- You're like a kaleidoscope. Oh yeah, I like that. I like. I use the metaphor of being the human disco ball. My my uh, clients call me the human dream catcher because it's what I like in the disco ball too is that when we're lit up from the heart space, 
then how we can truly reflect what we are, who we are, our being out to the world. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm, Kate, thank you. You have really reframed a metaphor I use and I'm going to hold that really close. So when I first started 360, I talked about seeing a disco ball of, a disco ball of women reflecting back to me, martyrdom, dis-ease, uh, feeling unsatisfied, not feeling fulfilled. And so that disco ball metaphor was very much about what was being reflected back to me. And I have been talking about the difference between manifestation and radiation and been talking about how for me radiation is where it's at for me I, I radiate my experience so if I want joy I need to be joy and that disco ball forget that previous disco ball it's all about Kate's disco ball it's from here on out Lighten up the dance floor, babes. Lighten up, up the dance, the dance floor. floor. So for those people that are listening and thinking, all right, loves, like this love fest, who is Kate? What does she do? Please, could you share who you are, what you do and why you do it? Okay, well, thank you. Uh, my name is Kate. I'm a life design and empowerment coach, and I am here to help people too as we say light up that disco ball in their hearts so that they can radiate like you say what it is that they are here to do who they're here to be and how they are to light up in their lives so that they can create impact transformation and live a big bold beautiful life one that is so rich so full of satisfaction so full of fulfillment and doing it in a way so that when we're lit up we can light up the hearts of other people as well. And that's my big mission. I'm like, I've got a hundred thousand hearts I am here to connect with over the next two years. And when those hearts are lit up, they can light up others around them. So it starts one person at a time. And the reason I do this is, well, there's many reasons why I do this. And I, I feel like it's so interesting navigating our path as we get older and uncovering all of the stories and all the things that have got us to where we've got to. I guess the most the most important reason I do what I do is because I watched my mum, who was a worker. She was so caring for everybody else and my dad as well. They were work, 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 living their lives to give to so many people and waiting for that time in their life where they could retire, they could take a step back, they could live in their fulfillment. And with my mum particularly, she just didn't get the chance to do that because uh, three months into her retirement, she died wow. very unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. So my, I guess my purpose, my calling is to help people to light up themselves through their well-being, through the passion, through the purpose, through the calling, so that they can live it now. Like, there's no time to waste. It's time to do it now. Oh, that speaks to me on so many levels. And it's just another reminder that tomorrow just doesn't exist. And uh, something that I talked about was when we're so focused on tomorrow, when we will be able to, we really contract the present and make it really small. Whereas if we really live into the now, we really expand and, and create spaciousness in the present. Yeah. And then in the present is when we get to create the tomorrow anyway, right? Exactly. Mondo, dude. So it's like, whatever you want to dream whatever you want to expand into whatever you want to vision you can't do that without being in the moment and that level of understanding what it is that why you want to change things or what is it about your life that may not have served you in the in the past that you can review and reflect on where you bringing those levels of dissatisfaction into the now that are impacting or stopping you from moving forward into a vision that you wish to create for yourself so yeah there's nothing outside of the present moment and yet within the present moment we get to go time traveling mm -hmm. in the expansion so it's just like oh it's juiciness absolute juiciness and before we go into uh time traveling please could you just share with us what 
living a big, bold, beautiful life means. And the reason I ask is because what is becoming, well, let me not even say what is becoming clearer and clearer because I'm pretending. What I know to be true, what I've experienced is that people really don't understand what satisfaction is. People understand achievement, but they don't understand satisfaction. So please could you share what it is to live a big, bold, beautiful life and how that supports life satisfaction? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, living a big, bold, beautiful life, well, let's start with the big aspect of what that is. So living a small life is doing yourself a disjustice. It's doing yourself a disservice. It's, it's about playing small and not seeing the opportunities that are out there for you. You're being too scared to step into them. So the bigness of ourselves is, is that real place of what we are here to do like totally here to do and show up for and change worlds for and change policies for and change our lives, our families, our communities. And the boldness around that is that we need to be able to have the voice, the confidence to step out of the shadow and do that mm. without having the boldness, the unapologeticness, the sharing of the voice, being able to tune into our throat space and our authenticity, then the bold, the bigness kind of, it doesn't exist because you can't share it, you can't voice. And so those two really work beautifully together. And then the beautiful aspect of a, a beautiful life is whatever that feels for you, that's where the satisfaction comes in. So what does it mean for each and every one of us to live a beautiful life, our version of a beautiful life? Now, your version of a beautiful life may be that your family is really well taken care for and you have money that you need, or you get that sense of that you're living at a place of fulfillment. Your beautiful version of a, of a life may be changing policies, making sure that the people are sustained, looked after, supported, nurtured. So all of these things come into play with each other. They coexist around each other. Now, the idea of satisfaction isn't about the external things that we could be, do and have. It's about the feeling that comes from within when you are living that big, bold, beautiful life. And it's a real sense of, you know, when you're in those moments and you take a breath and maybe we can all do that now, just taking in a deep breath. And just going, where does life feel like when we're living it? in fulfillment mm. what do i see around me what is it that has changed from where i'm living that right now that sense of satisfaction isn't something that is on the outside it's something that's on the inside and it's it's a coming home mm. it's a real coming home to our hearts and our bodies and coming from that place of creation sorry i just <laughs> I just need a moment that was just so beautiful and um, it really speaks to the ways that actually creating, taking time to create your life experience has a really huge impact on your, it's going to sound so social worky because this is the sort of thing we talk about in social work, but it really has a big impact on your life outcomes. I'm just I'm just listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking about all the ways in which we outsource what like you know the we outsource the steps that create the outcome of our lives when actually we're all skilled and resourced we just need to tap into it so can I just ask you about the the boldness what is the major obstacle you experience in women embracing that boldness because Mm. I think we are all quite aware of the bigness that is within us and we work really hard to suppress it. Mm. What stops us from, or in your experience anyway, what do you see stopping women from embracing, you know, practicing that boldness so that they can tap into the bigness? Yeah. I mean, it goes back, it goes back just so far, doesn't it? How women have been, suppressed in terms of owning all parts of who they are their true feminine power and that means their voice that means their body that means the ability that they have to create 
and and doing that from a deep set like a deep 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 space of creation that's been just limited capacitated for way too long Mm. and so there's I was it was really interesting one of my clients gave a talk the other day about um hormones and what's happening with the body when in our reaction to stress and that's particularly relevant at the moment because all of us are feeling this heightened sense of awareness to stress because of the global pandemic and everything that's going on around us so cortisol is flooding our systems and what happens with women when cortisol is flooding the system is that rather than the fight or flight which we experience we go to the tend and befriend and what happens then is that we're tending for everybody else we're looking after everybody else's needs making sure that everybody else is all right around us literally giving all of ourselves away so that we're making sure that everybody else is okay because that's our role as nurturers Mm -hmm. But what I notice that what happens in that is that we become quieter. It becomes about other people and then we're quietened down and we're, we're doing the people pleasing. There's also the um, the relation to what means to live from a place of confidence mm-hmm. versus our relationship to the word arrogance. I notice this so often. And women really do, they worry about coming across as being too much. If I am sharing my thoughts and my views, I am going to be cast out. I am not going to belong anymore. So I better stay quiet. I better shrink myself down. I better wear the clothes that don't make me stand out because I don't want to be seen as being too much. And that has such an impact on everything everything that we are able to do because we feel scared of being Mm. too much in our power of who we are in case people don't like it in case it upsets them tending and befriending give it all away to everybody else before i can come to my own heart i had a conversation just the other day a lady was talking about um feeling really she said a lot of words but what came to mind was malnourished because of the amount that she was giving to her family and the fact that they've got um two children both of the children need support with their schoolwork her and her husband are both working at home but she's finding it really difficult to speak up so that her husband takes more responsibility Mm -hmm. for supporting with the children and um i said I, you know, I, I said to her, what, what does this feel like? And she's like, well, I have to do it because if I don't, he won't do it. So number one, the problem was she wasn't actually communicating her needs to her husband because she was worried about that too much piece. Number two, she was starting to feel resentment about her role with her children. And so I said to her, I said this just the other day in my membership group. When we give when we haven't got it ourselves, when we are giving from a point of depletion, we're not giving, we're actually putting ourselves in debt. We are actually accruing debt. And her face, like literally, you could just see the, it was a a fair skinned black woman, but you could see the color leave and re-enter her face. And she was like, say that again, And I repeated it and she was like, oh my goodness, I don't treat my finances like that. Like her finances, she's always got a minimum of a um, five figures saved. Like that's just savings. That's not the investments that whatever else may be. She would never ever treat her finances like that. And I said, well, you are taking yourself into overdraft all the time simply because your ordinary needs that aren't huge, you view as too much. Yeah. Yeah. You view as too much or that they're not worth anything. That other people's worth is more important than your own. And, you know, that that's the role that we have lived as women for so long, to be the mother, to be the caregiver, to be the nurturer. And yet, what do we teach other humans about what that means to be a woman, Mm. you know? And this isn't for anybody listening to feel bad about themselves for doing that, because that's the way that we have been shown. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to show that there's a different way. 
mm-hmm. but it has to start with us it has to yeah. start with taking that responsibility from a place of hang on no i'm not doing that anymore and i completely hear i mean i've had so many conversations post or in a space of lockdown that just seeing how much of the work that has been done whether it's with my community of my clients being undone in a minute yeah undone in a bloody minute yeah because you know it's well i've it's the tending and befriending we're mm-hmm. in that space mm-hmm. of stress and mm-hmm. overwhelm and worry so it's like oh is everybody else all right and then it takes the autonomy away from other people to step up yes please you know? speak to that a bit more so what I mean by that is when we are in those situations where we're, we're going, right, is everybody else okay around us? I've got to work, the husband's got to work, but I need to be the one to do the mothering or I need to be the one that's in control because if that doesn't happen, then it's all going to go to pot, basically. I hear this so much. I bet you do as well. Mm-hmm. If I don't do it, it's all going to go horribly wrong. And what happens in these times of um, big, global crisis is that we try and hang on to things we'd grip on too tightly and then the control gets into overwhelm but what happens is that we don't give other people the opportunity to be able to say look i'm here to help and support as well i'm here to step in as well it's what i need too to feel in control it's where we together can help each other to create what is needed in this time and so we all rise in that way so if we're not able and letting somebody else do that, then we're taking away from them too. I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at Kate with doughy eyes right now. Absolutely, we, we do. We, we, we uh, disempower ourselves and others when we behave like that. Oh my goodness! So, thinking about that, how can life satisfaction support you or support us to move away from living like that? So it's coming into, again, because it's so unique to each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And it comes from a place of, and I'm sure you've talked about this before a lot, is about coming to a place of personal values. What's really important to me? What is it that I am here to do, Mm. to be, Mm -hmm. to be of service to and for? What Mm -hmm. is my calling? So it's, it really requires you to get quiet and stop. And that's the hardest thing as people in our world, in our Western society, to be quiet and stop is just something that's totally alien to us. And actually this time in lockdown has given us that opportunity. So the conversations that I've been having, and I'm I'm sure it's the same for you as well, Tamu, with um, people and clients and community is we're all going, I don't want this to end, or most of us. I don't want this this space to end because I know once those doors are open, then I'm going to be back into the hustle, back into the overwhelm. And it's in that noise and that distraction that we are stepping away further from our own satisfaction. So when I feel into satisfaction of what that means, it it comes from a really quiet place. Mm -hmm. What am I here to do? When I can feel into that, where am I most alive? And I start getting the full body tingles, you know, what does it feel like to be in expansion? And I have to be quiet to listen to my body, the somatic response that comes from that. And it is like full spidey senses, goosebumps, Mm -hmm. love bumps, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. Your body will always indicate to you where satisfaction, where expansion is versus contraction. Yeah. So we need that slowing the frick down (laughs) and quietness and tuning into ourselves to be able to go what does it mean for me where am I not getting it yeah where's the expansion where's the contraction I need to listen I need to learn I, I was just having this conversation the other day and I was saying you know I think that the world would benefit because we're at, we're at the tip of learning. We're at the tip of the learning pool, let's say. And I, I believe that we would emotionally, spiritually, socially, I think that we would do well 
for lockdown to continue to the end of the year. I think we really need that time, not just to, um, to, uh, to, to embed and to begin to apply so that it becomes encoded within us and we can take it out into the world um, because we really just cannot continue as we are. And you guys can't see, but when Kate was talking about the, the body timbles and tingles and the love bumps, the, the movement in her body, ah, oh, that, that for <laughs> me um, is, is living. Um, and what my experience has been, been, so I talk about joy a lot. And what my experience has been is that the more I've been available for joy, the more I've been able to be available for big, uncomfortable feelings. And something that is stoking a lot of uncomfortable feelings at the moment is the way that a, re a recent sequence of events, um, the most prominent of them being um, the death of uh, George Floyd by um, a police officer and really highlighting issues of racial disparity. I wanted to ask, how does living a big, beautiful life support us to be able to take up space in discomfort mm, and and yeah that's such a beautiful question thank you for asking it because it's like you say if we don't feel into the expansiveness of joy like we've been told it has to be hard so we distract ourselves we buy the stuff we do overwork we we binge on netflix we we quieten and we mute and we numb mm -hmm. and you cannot feel the capacity for joy if you do not feel the capacity for discomfort you just don't have the space to be able to hold it all and so for us to be able to listen to learn from what's going on to make changes to do something to activate to be activists means that we've got to feel we've got to feel and we've got to feel the collective grief and oh god i literally my heart's just you know and i and i can feel mm. that anger burning mm -hmm. in my chest that as a white woman i have no right to even feel and yet i feel it because i'm a human and so having that capacity to go i'm feeling this so what does that provoke me to do it doesn't provoke me to just watch another episode of netflix and pretend it's not happening numb it it provokes me to not be aware of what's going on by just only focusing on a very small um capacity of what i i can do so we have to feel and we have the only way we can feel is to listen mm. and to really use those feminine skills of empathy to freaking feel it and when you can feel it then you can come from a place of okay well as you were saying before what's my choice here do i stay in that anger and discomfort or do i do something about it mm. what's my choice mm -hmm. and so from that place of nurture and and well-being then we can come from a place of okay i'm gonna i'm, I'm going to do something that is going to make a difference mm. absolutely because what I see a lot of is I don't see, right. So I don't see it within my, and I know that I live in a echo chamber. I live in a beautiful bubble. So what I see within my echo chamber, within my beautiful bubble um, is the other day, my membership group we were supposed to be having what we call our joy meetings about something, something we were going to be having a joy meeting about feeling neutral about money. But the, uh, the news about joy George Floyd had just come in that day or the day before. And as we entered the room, I was like, I'm going to acknowledge this hold space and then we're going to continue with what we were doing but it was so huge we couldn't and um there were black women on the call there were white women on the call and uh the uh i find it difficult to cry so although i was crying inside um two people were crying and what was really gorgeous about that you know like 
I could feel your anger, you could feel my anger. We could both, in that moment, even though we are communicating via screen, we could feel each other. We were via screen. What was really gorgeous was these white women that were on the call moved beyond guilt. There was, there was not even any guilt. They moved straight into empathy. And in that moment, that empathy looked like sitting with us whilst we discussed feeling how hurt, uh, discussed how hurt we were feeling, holding us in loving presence so that we could just be, because there are so many narratives around black women being strong. The conversation I had on the side with somebody was, it was really lovely to be able to cry in the presence of white women and not worry about having to be strong and making them feel uncomfortable. And the white women were like, that was like a gift I didn't know that I needed. There was no guilt. They moved straight into empathy. So now they know they don't need to feel guilty because it's not about them as individuals in terms of what they do. It's about what they can contribute to be changing the system. And um, something really nourishing, somebody dug up a prayer and shared that prayer with us. In that moment, if she had been guilty, she would have frozen. Mm. She, wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to do that natural tend and befriend. And her tend and befriend, as I experienced it, came from overflow. Mm. So we were really able to drink it in. And it just made me realize that we need so much more space for us to be able to, yes, there needs to be private spaces for us to have conversations that feel sacred and we don't feel able to share on a larger scale, but there's absolutely room for us having these conversations together and not telling people what to do, not shaming people, but allowing people to empathize. And as you were talking about with the women and their husbands scenario, actually allow people to take up the power and do their work yeah yeah yes and again the doing the work there is if you're giving it all away that's another form of numbing you're distracting yourself from the the pain you're distracting yourself from the ability to be able to expand and just that story that you've just shared about that group it's just i can visualize it and i can feel it and i can just see the hearts lighting up like that's what's going to change the freaking world isn't yeah. it yeah but we have to be in a place of overflow to do that not giving it all away because yeah. that heart will only be a tiny little flicker and just the smallest ember if that we're not coming into that space of being from the overflow mm -hmm. and i know you know that that was my biggest my biggest challenge and also my biggest glory was losing my mum in that way mm. she died from a stress-related illness because she was giving everything away and like i thank her every day for that because she's shown me like this is what you can do to help other people yeah and it just starts with us doesn't yeah. it? it has to start with us yeah Absolutely. It, it really does. And um, it's just highlighted again for me that even watching other people in pain is very easy for us to numb and switch off and go away. But in that scenario, I just talked about in my membership group, group there was a lot, there was a, there was a deep growth, not the sort of growth you see on the surface, like the, the germinating phase of growth was able to happen because we didn't turn, we didn't turn away from the pain that was in the room at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking um, about that, what are some of the ways in which, so, so we've talked about um, basically as you know, Brene Brown talks about if you numb joy, you're also numbing pain. What are some of the other things? What are the, right, so number one, I want to say that I'm not talking about living a big, bold, beautiful life as a um, workflow method. It's not about I do this and then um, I can go off and do this in my work. In my, like, I, I think that when I hear you talk about a big, bold, beautiful life, it's about starting inside with me first because I have the right to have a big, bold, beautiful life. So bearing that in mind, when you're living a bold, beautiful life, I'm sure it um, ripples into other areas. What are some of the areas of life um, that living a big, beautiful, 
big, bold, beautiful life nourishes? Oh, so many. It touches everything. And again, it's so individual to each of us. So if you've got a, a message that you need to share about your experience, your journey, your story, that is going to change lives, that is going, somebody's going to hear somewhere and the ripple effects will go out into communities, into changing policies, into changing the way that people think, then your voice needs to be heard, right? If a big, bold, beautiful life for you is about the, that there's something that you have created that will impact the world in a positive way, it might be that it's going to bring more beauty to the world. It might be that it's going to make uh, for a more sustainable world. It might be that you're helping other people to step into their own version of what self-expression is. Then that's you living a big, bold, beautiful life. It literally is. It touches everything. And it gives particularly women the opportunity to step up and step into how they are lighting up to mm. help other people to light up. And that can be in work, it can be in their businesses, it can be in their families, it can be in their money and in their well-being, fundamentally in their well-being. I, 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 I you know, my, my, the area that I focus on, the area of life that I focus on are these beautiful middle years. But it seems to me that this work is... It's crucial at any age, but even more so in your middle years, because you're in this beautiful place where you have an impact, like you're considered as a real bona fide adult. So you have the impact above at people that you see, um, people that are older than you actually, okay, yeah, she's out of short trousers now, you know, she, she's a fully fledged adult and you have a really big impact on people that are younger than you. It, oh, it's like it really helps you to like leadership role modeling that's the one yeah i mean i talk about leadership with love right and so what i really notice is that women come to this this stage this time and they just go i am so sick of the bs that i was putting up with before that I like it's literally like the glasses are off yeah you know the glasses that were keeping you behaving in a certain way because that's what society told you you had to do or the dis-ease and dissatisfaction becomes so I talk about it, it's like wearing an outfit that just doesn't bloody fit anymore it feels really restrictive and really that's for your 20s mate we don't do that's that anymore 20s. And you, I mean for me in my 30s I yeah. was like in the constant hustle yeah the constant hustle and spent a lot of that time just focusing on well if I work hard enough then I won't feel the grief that I'm feeling and I don't even know who it is I am but I'm trying to work out what this and then you get into 40s and beyond and you're like yep it's all off yeah like the game is changing and actually well I, I feel like we're in such a fertile time and existence because mm. we're now having incredibly powerful conversations about the menopause being our power time that we have the opportunity and we're privileged enough to be able to do something with our life that changes yeah yep. so it's it, for me it's like why the frick wouldn't you yeah you're doing everything a disservice if you don't yeah if that's what it means for you because not for everybody some people yeah. are just totally okay and that's fine this is no judgment but if you are feeling that real sense of dissatisfaction there is something more you got to act on it mm. you have a right to be able to act on it so mm -hmm. why wouldn't you do you know what it's like um somebody a friend of mine was talking about she wanted to do something and she was like oh that's a bit midlife crisis-y and i was like it's not a midlife crisis. It's a midlife remembering. It's a bit a mid uh -huh. a midlife remembering that trying things out, playing, not mm. being sure, being a beginner is actually what makes life life. Oh my god! You're Do you know what I mean? Like live is a verb. Here. Yeah, you are. Like I have weird. no. If if anybody sees footage of me or sees me in the street roller skating okay when you look at me you wouldn't necessarily think that I'm almost 43 but if anybody knows that I'm almost 43 and they have an issue with me roller skating I'm just like oh come here love come yeah 
Come well, and explore I with me. Exactly. I think that's always a reflection of somebody else's dissatisfaction when you are having to. And I, I, I think listening, if you're listening to this and you're no, like really notice your judgment, really notice where you're judging other people who you see as living wildly and unapologetically and just notice where those nudges because on the other side of those nudges is where your freedom is mm-hmm. and it's what you really want for yourself right so much like you like that midlife remembering i studied i i do a movement practice called koya which is about the feminine aspects of remembering that you're wise wild and free now before i started doing it i knew how to dance i could shake it out on a dance floor I didn't need anybody to tell me and I kept really noticing how resistant I was being to it. Koya means queen. Yeah, whatever. And yet I didn't also didn't realize how disconnected I was from myself. And so when I was dancing around and twirling around to Katy Perry firework, which was the thing that like lit me back up again, I was like, oh yeah. I can have fun. Mm-hmm. I can feel joyful. I'm mm-hmm. allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. And so since that, it was just like all of the dominoes fell and removed any of the the, the Vaseline that was covering the third eye to help me to remember that this is my true birthright of mm-hmm. the way that I get to play and be joyful and feel, feel, feel. So I wasn't feeling before. I can't remember what it was, but I did some kind of... Um, expressive dance something or the other and I didn't really know what I was walking into I was like yeah 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 let's let's do this I like to dance or whatever and the movement the, the drums the movement I was like oh my gosh this it was like literally I'm gonna like I'm gonna I'm gonna vomit so many tears I'm, I'm going to die like I am actually going to die And when I allowed myself to move and all of that stuff to move through me, all this stuff that I was carrying on a cellular level that I wasn't aware of because I was so used to holding on so tightly. When I, when I got through the phase of thinking, Oh my gosh, like I'm literally going to die afterwards, literally straight afterwards, I felt fizzy, juicy, delicious, blissful, joyful, sexy, romantic, all of those kind of words. And if I was in a therapy session and I had to try and speak the language of the tears, I probably would have needed to like hide under my duvet for days and days and days. And I might have been on the red wine and the Netflix, but because it had moved through... there was no like it wasn't escapism because it moved through me so powerfully Mm. all I was left with was space Mm. and what was important for me just to caveat just in case anybody's like just left with this space that space had to be nourished with affirmation with reading supportive things with remembering like I've got an evidence book so when I start trying to talk to myself like I don't know who I am I refer to my evidence book, things I've done well, praise, growth, all those sorts of things, all sorts of things, and, and refer to that. So the space that was created, I was nourishing myself with all of those really loving things. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to uh, come along. I tried to come to your Koya, but it was it was rum jam filled. Um, <laughs> I went at rest first. Last rest first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I You're mean, like Beyonce, it, mate. Like you had a cue. I know. I mean, blue. It blows my mind every time because it's one of those things that when Koya is a vibrational word, and when you hear it, I what I, people, so many people share. Like it has such a reaction. You either get pulled towards it or you attract against it. Like I did, I was like in total contraction around it to begin with. And yet when women find themselves in a queer class, it's like, again, the permission to be fully embraced, fully who they are. And, you, you know, things like ecstatic dance and queer just give us that permission to remember. Mm-hmm. So when you were saying about that experience that you had, like that's lineage that's in your dna like that's yeah. the muscle memory the cell memory that's all of it in the moments like the work of carissa pinkola estes when she talks about women standing on the shoulders of women and women and women in those spaces 
we remember individually and collectively. And so, I mean, it's that like you listen to it and go, whoa, really? Like, yeah. It's and, experiential. And you get to do it to a banging playlist as Hello. well. Hello. Yes. And it is one of those things, you know, I have to keep reminded, like, it's in the doing. Yeah. It is in the yeah. doing. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the time, so I'm going to shimmy into, uh, I had a good old nose uh, at your Instagram feed, and um, you were talking about the power of 22. Mm. Um, so uh, I, I love the twos. So, for example, my membership is £22.22 22 per month, and I love to see the 22, 22 coming in, the 22, 22 coming in. And uh, in your Instagram post, you refer to numerology, the power of 22, and uh, referred to um, an article or something in Refinery29 talking about 2020 bringing conjunctions, which means it's a time of tearing down structures. So going to get a bit personal with you, Kate Taylor. <laughs> Which of your own structures would you like to tear down? Or oh, you've all, okay, come on. <laughs> I feel like this could turn into a therapy session. Oh uh, God, so many. I mean, I what really immediately comes to mind in terms of my own structures are the factory settings that I've been part of and lived in for so long. Uh, my some of my structures around my parentage and both of my parents worked so hard like I have enduring memories of my mum like head down stupid clock in the morning to go to work as a nurse she really worked so incredibly hard came home looked after dad who had a long-term illness and I, I just have those enduring images of my mind that to work means struggle mm. that it has to be hard and so i still have those factories that I, I i came out of a corporate job to do what i've done um and so i still have those factory settings of like you have to be at your desk working somebody's going to be looking over your shoulder if they don't see you doing then that doesn't mean that you are actually worthy of earning money or or getting the um doing the work you're doing or getting the clients in because you haven't worked enough you haven't proved yourself enough so that is some of the structures that are in place and also i have a very um yang masculine energy so it tends to be the working hard is a real structure that I've had. So that's something that completely needs to be torn down because what I also know is that in the expansion, in the creation is flow, is limitlessness, is, is, is in the 5D and not the 3D. The 3D is just, you know, our version of reality. And that's where the work really gets done. So it's not about the hours put in, it's the energy we connect into. Relax and receive. Absolutely. Oh, and, and that's joy. Oh, that is joy. That is joy. And it's not easy because coming from the background of grind, hard work, sometimes it must be quite difficult to acknowledge the powerful work you do because mm -hmm. it's coming from a joy space rather than a yeah. grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it's I not like you get to the mountaintop and that's it. No, and I feel like this is my lifetime lesson, or I'm not even sure if that's a, a, a lie I'm telling myself, but I'm just, I just becoming aware of it. And in order to become aware, I need to have space. Yeah. And in order to have space, I need to stop freaking working as hard as I have been. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, thinking of... Um relax and re receive, not working as hard as you have been. Something that my journey has led me around to is something, I'm really proud that I can actually say this in all seriousness, given my journey to this place. But I decided maybe a month or so ago that if it doesn't feel like romance, I don't want it. Mm. And we know that romance isn't easy. Romance has its challenges. So I'm not saying it has to be like, you know, walking on lily pads all the time but when i say to you life feeling like romance what does that conjure up for you kate Taylor? oh 
Tamu, it conjures up so much. And this is something I was talking about. I remember, I think it was the, end, at the beginning of last year, is about taking your life on a romantic date. <gasps> and so romance can be easy. It's our relationship to the idea of receiving that's difficult, isn't it? So it's about like how life can be a love affair in the most beautiful way. Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. So if you want to have a romance with your life, what does romance mean to you? Again, it's always coming back to the, what it means to you because it could be a different for somebody else. Yeah. And it's like our love languages, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, yours are going to be different from somebody else's. And it's in our capacity to receive that romance so it's all very well and good saying right i want to i want to have romance in my life and yes it can be coming in from all angles it's just that we're not seeing it because it's not a version of what we think it is so romance for you is like how would you take your life on a date how would you take your life on a date what would be the special things that you would do how would you treat yourself how would you nurture yourself how would you be present how would you listen? How would you be attentive? And what are those things that really mean romance for you? So start there and then actively start bringing that into your life. I couldn't think of a better way to end this nourishing conversation. Those words are going to be in my journal. Like those are the sort of questions I ask myself when I'm saying blah, 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 blah. Oh my goodness, that, that was so delicious. So Kate, do you have any uh, recommendations, resources that you can share with my listeners that are curious about living a big, bold, beautiful life, about having life satisfaction and about learning how to romance themselves? Mm -mm. Mm. yes starting mm. with your stuff please <laughs> well so what i've been feeling into in this time is exactly this space of of softening and what i really noticed is in lockdown what was the dissatisfaction that we had before really looking at what has become non-negotiable for you moving forward that that might be that i don't want to be in the job that i'm in anymore i don't want to be in the relationship that i'm in anymore i've seen an opportunity that i can make the world a better place and i need some help to get there so i created something called the expansion academy which Ooh. has just been an absolute joy and i launched it via a masterclass last week which i had the most people i've ever had onto a masterclass wow because there's just feels like this 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 is the time so it's a seven month journey to take people from the ground and up to what it is that they're here to be connected to that's going to take them out of this year to be fully embracing of what a big bold beautiful life looks like for mm -hmm. them in their work their relationships their money and everything and how mm -hmm. that's going to change so yeah, sounds delicious very exciting yeah. yes yeah can people still it. join that or is it yeah so there's um a couple of spots left i'm keeping it to a container yeah of 10 women and i think somebody's just dropped in to ask about the ninth space so there's one space left we start next week with a celebration obviously opening celebration and then every um week there's either a, a master class a coaching call or a guest mentor coming on so it's going to be a juicy experience over the yeah, next seven months. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds absolutely wonderful. And what about if people wanted to work a bit closer to the wonder that is Kate Taylor? Mm. So you can get in contact with me. I'm always on social media at Kate Taylor Creative Living or over on Facebook as well. And it's all about the conversations around having a big, bold, beautiful life. So yeah, come and find me and you can have a look at what I'm all about on my website as well, katetaylor.co. Beautiful. I will make sure those links are available in the show notes. And Kate, I just want to thank you so much for coming on here, being big, being bold, being beautiful. I'm hoping that people are going to walk away or walk in with this conversation feeling satisfied and curious about feeling even more satisfied. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, you gorgeous human. Mwah. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. 
I'd be so grateful if you could rate, five star rating please, review and share my podcast with someone you think may benefit. If you are a social media user, I kindly ask you to share on your stories and tag me at Live360. Like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback and shares will assist me in reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more people being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me that more people could benefit from tuning in. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me in this by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at most social media channels at Lib360. Podcast produced by Beyond Productions. Podcast music produced by James Anderson.